Hello and welcome to the Tea Room Talks podcast. Thanks for joining us again for another week. This week we're going to be speaking to Chris and the topic on abuse and banter. Now, something in my experience that's very common when you go to work, there are many, many conversations that are had throughout that day. And there is quite often times where certainly I have been subject to abuse that the giver may insist that it's so-called banter. Now, it's such a common, you know, miscommunication with people these days and it's still very common and, you know, verges on the topic of workplace bullying. But we're going to be talking about Chris's past experiences when he was an apprentice in the construction industry, talking about you know, the changing conversations that we are having in regards to taking offence and being mindful of others. Also talking about how to accept scenarios where you might be the subject of abuse and maybe possibly being the person who unknowingly offends others and what to do in those situations to improve the situation, to de-escalate it and move forward. Within this, we're also talking about a few of my personal experiences that I've dealt with in regards to abuse and banter, being on the receiving end of abuse and badly taken jokes. It's going to contain some mild language naturally because of the topic and the industry I work in. Let's take a listen to the conversation that I had with Chris. So I'm joined with Chris Holden, Business Development Manager. Chris, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me, Toby. Right, so... Your mental health. Have you ever been in a situation where you've struggled, or been in a situation where you've you've needed help? Certainly, times in the past, I'd say I'd look back and say I've struggled. Never to the extent where I'd say I've had mental health issues, but I certainly um, have friends in the past that have struggled. Uh, told me the stories, you know, seeked help, medication, and these are the people actually that come to me, and I've the least likely, I'd say, to be having issues, but they've come across. So happy all the time, but deep down there's like hidden problems. And um, yes, yeah, been a big learning curve for me seeing people that were close to me for so long actually going through struggles and being unaware of it. But um, no, myself personally, I wouldn't say I've had mental health issues. That is interesting because even obviously in regards to the podcast, it's not it's not for people that just suffer. You know, I, I created this because the idea is to educate everyone. You know, and it's not just for those who suffer with mental health problems. It is to educate those who actually might live with family, parents, partners who struggle and to help, you know, educate them in sort of living together and what it is to have mental health problems. And, you know, it doesn't define anyone. So with there where you say that you haven't struggled yourself, this is what I want, you know, because I want to show everyone that it is it's a subject for everyone to learn, to understand together. Yeah, it's good to uh, cross them sort of boundaries where myself not experiencing it personally, um, knowing people that have, it kind of helps you understand what people are going through, like their challenges they face, when a lot of people out there probably don't understand um, the struggles people do go through on a daily basis Mm. and how they can be impacted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to have experience of going bankrupt to be experienced with how to deal with money is the way I sort of look at it, you know, with mental health, you don't have had to, you wouldn't have had to be a a person who's gone through a breakdown or a a real bad situation in regards to your mental health, not to understand how the brain works and how to better your mental health. You know, you don't, it's not like healthcare professionals who train in that field have only ever, you know, had to struggle. Um, So I do think that's quite interesting. Um, And on the subject that we're speaking about today, I think it'd be quite interesting to know in regards to you know workplace culture, have you ever experienced or had a time where you felt personally that you were 
being verbally abused or physically abused um, by someone. Yeah, as you know, I'm quite a thick-skinned guy. I've taken a lot of banter, like even yourself and I, we happily give it to and fro. And um, yeah, I can take quite a lot on on board with a smile. But um, being an apprentice like many years ago, those two years were certainly an eye-opener in terms of what you can receive on site verbally, certainly. And um, definitely I can see how that would be too much for a lot of people. I'm a big sort of statured guy. I'll give it back when I need to. And I've always managed to sort of balance it and be okay. But I know for some people it would be a lot to take on board. And I remember growing up, like my outlay for me was my, like I say, fitness. Since like 17 to the age of about 27, I was really big into it. And that was my kind of outlet. So if I've had a bad day at work or whatever the struggle may be, I'd go off, go to the gym, take my mind off it, reset and go again. And that always helped me keep that balance, that constant. Your experience there as an apprentice, you know, definitely relates to that. My own experiences being an apprentice, that's definitely where I had a lot of abuse and bullying for me. Um, it's interesting because mine was sort of almost polar opposite to you, where you were nice and fit and healthy and yeah. in good shape. I <laughs> body issues and I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I didn't have good self esteem. wasn't happy with my personal image. Doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. But at that time, obviously, I was quite vulnerable with what people would say. So it is interesting because, like you said, being an apprentice, that's where mine started. That is where the issues with a lot of the problems I had with self-image and problems with work stress and bullying sort of first started. I mean, I'd never, you know, if, if I was at college or school, I'd never really had work stress. Obviously, I know it's not physically paid work, but obviously at school you do work, academic work. But it first sort of dawned on me definitely being an apprentice with the people I was around, you know, and, and like yourself try to grow that thick skin but I would certainly I've got no qualms with saying that I was certainly more vulnerable and I was certainly I found it harder to deal with personally wasn't the easiest so you know props to you for being able to sort of grow that thick skin because being in the industry we work in we're we're both in construction Uh, obviously I know you're towards more sales but being in this industry it is what some would say a thick-skinned industry and you have to have thick skin I think that's what people are trying to change you know you don't have to have thick skin to be in it because that is a bit of a an old-fashioned view um you know on the on the subject of the abuse what would you say your own opinion would be between the fine line of what people call banter and abuse for me it's how it's received if someone's given banter and someone's taken it as banter then that's fine, that's not an issue at all. If someone's actually being verbally abusive, then again, that's just blatantly unacceptable. If someone's trying to give banter, but the receiving person is taking that in a negative way, that's the way it needs to be addressed and looked at. Because construction seems to be the most unprotected sort of industry out there in terms of what I've experienced. A lot of companies have HR departments. You know, our company now, we've got HR director, and our systems in place are brilliant to protect people who may be vulnerable to um, various forms of verbal abuse. But um, in the construction industry, when I was doing my two years of being an apprentice, there was certainly nothing there to kind of shield people that would maybe need shielding from certain levels of abuse they yeah. receive. With your experiences in what you felt as abuse, what what was you know what were you subjected to? Was it just verbally? Yeah, it was the typical, well, my take, a typical, like what an apprentice would receive, you know, your work's never good enough. There's always something to kind of draw you down on. Yeah. And guys that have been on site 20, 30, 40, 50 years obviously know a lot more than you do. Yeah. And, you know, some can be more supportive, but as you're probably well aware, some people can be a lot less supportive and almost take fun in almost putting someone down who's new to that industry. And I mean, like, 
again, like having a thick skin and like being in a positive mindset, I could just push it off. But I can certainly see how it'd be hard for others to do so, given the stuff I experienced. Yeah, definitely. Again, when you talk about this line between abuse and banter, certainly with my own experiences, I've had somewhere we'd be working with a, a large group of contractors and I've had somewhere you can be the butt of the jokes and at times I haven't minded that, you know, I was the young lad, it was quite funny and it wasn't, it was general sort of jokes, it wasn't actually personal, obviously they were directed towards me but it was just assumptions about me, it wasn't actually physical facts, anything about me, so you, you know, you take that as on the chin as, you know, they're just trying to get sort of one up on me and that's fine, um, you know, and from my experience I, I could deal with that quite easily I think it was just harder when it was more isolated and I think you'll certainly agree in the instances where phrases are thrown to you when you're isolated with someone isn't received in the same way so I had an instance where when I ended up taking my experience of what I would say was verbal bullying up with HR department or the so-called HR department at my first work it was only me and another guy working he was mid 30s and I was 18, 19 and you know he would say phrases like fucking hell you're so fucking fat do you think it's about time you went on a diet and I I swear to god it wasn't we weren't like having a laugh like that was one on one no one else about one on one yeah one on one and no one else about it would be fucking hell you're so fucking fat um, your work is shit. No wonder everyone else thinks you're fucking shit, which obviously wasn't, I say it wasn't true, I don't really care, but it was more like it wasn't backed up because we always loan worked, if that makes sense. Like no one else had been around and fucking hell, you should be better than this by now. Your parents must think you're fucking shit at this or how did they raise you if you don't know how to do this? I'm thinking like, what, for electrical work? Like, Christ, <laughs> <laughs> my mum and dad ain't gonna fucking know either so don't worry about that but yeah, it's way past banter at this point yeah into a personal attack yeah i think that's that's what's weird you know it was quite clear at the time i think that was definitely just personal attacks and and you, and you at the time that was too far even yeah. yourself you could, you could sell that and it's hard because again like you say you address the issue and it still persists and to me when this hr department tried to take it up it was oh um from his understanding you were okay with this since when was I okay with it just because it continually happened doesn't mean that I accepted it from the first instance do you see what I mean it was it was a bit of a hard one and I don't know if you ever had that uh, experience where you felt like certainly with me like whether HR let me down Um, as an apprentice for myself it was only a small firm so there wasn't even a HR to turn to you were very isolated it was kind of just sink or swim and like, um, yeah, I mean, now the company I'm at and previous company since leaving, being an apprentice, there's always been some sort of level of you know, protection, someone you can go to for support and advice. But at the time, um, I, it, there was like the boss of the company and that was it. And it would be your word against their word, you know, and companies don't want to have issues on their hands a lot of the times so if they can kind of sweep them under the carpet. And that's how it felt, you know, situations yeah. at the time. No, that's would have been very good point. I mean... Just like you've said there, in my instance, when it was talked about and dealt with, I stopped working with with the guy and nothing was written down, no notes recorded, no instances of my report or my opinion. You know, we were reported with HR. It was, okay, we're going to split you two up and that's it. The matter's dealt with. matter wasn't dealt with, but from their eyes it was dealt with, which obviously massively, you can just go home and feel like no one has actually got your back. Um, no matter what you're doing and it's weird because I was almost led to believe or led to feel 
me bringing it up with HR, with having this abuse, was as if it was my fault, as if I'm causing the problem because I'm making someone else do some paperwork for reporting this instance. You know, I, I just found that absolutely ridiculous. And I, I certainly, a bit like yourself, when you can't actually report it to someone, it's almost that same feeling where you sort of think like, well, I don't understand, I'm employed, but yet I have no, I feel like I have no rights. If I, If you brought it up there that you had problems with the abuse you'd feel like you'd just get stonewalled by your employer. You'd just get fired, right? You you wouldn't actually get, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. No, he's got guys working there for several years. I'm new to the company, and a lot of companies, smaller ones, maybe more so, it's often that first-in, first-out policy. And I was made redundant, actually, um, during that recession uh, as an apprentice. And that certainly was a first-in, first-out. He even told me that himself. And prior to that, that's how it felt. If it ever went to him, he would have taken the side of the more experienced, older person in the company who's been there young, longer, over the word of the new apprentice. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I think that's obviously, I say, an old-fashioned way to look at it, but it's a common way that you know these things are looked at. Certainly, with that, it's it's never the. <laughs> I always think it's always blamed on they didn't get the culture or they don't like to take a joke. That's not the reasoning. But that's what is always given. If oh, like you know someone's offended, it's always like, oh, they don't, they don't have a sense of humour. What? Because you called him a fat cunt. Like what? I don't get the joke. Yeah. Or like you know, you said, I don't know, his mum's a whore. Like it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, he he got really offended. You know, he's not really got a sense of humour. That one. It's like if your friends or or. or whoever your colleagues are and you have a level a bit like we've said and you have a level it's on the receiver that you understand each other's level of humour and, and level of um, conversation that you want to talk about but if you don't know this person or ever respect that person's boundaries of course it's you know abuse and it will feel like abuse to that person because you are you're just overstepping that boundary of what they've they've either made clear or you know you, you're just happily persisting yeah, I mean, the, the line can be difficult to see, and I appreciate that. Everyone's different. Everyone's got different levels of banter, what they can take, what they want to give. But it generally, it's very clear to see. If you're giving banter to someone, or what you think's banter, how it's being received isn't difficult. If they're not saying anything back to you, or they're not laughing, they're not joking back to you, it clearly isn't a good sign that they're enjoying the comments you're making. That's where I think that the line sort of stands, really. How it's received and how the person on the receiving end reacts to it. If they're not enjoying it, it's no longer banter. You're just putting somebody down. Whether you realise it or not, it's still not not great. Certainly a lot of people do say, oh, you can't say nothing these days, or, oh, you know, you don't know what to say because whatever you do say, you get into trouble. And I just sort of think, well, it's not really true, is it? Because a bit like you, there, there, it's not a fine, in my opinion, it's not a fine line between abuse and banter. It's quite an easy line to understand. You know, it's quite easy to see if someone doesn't like a topic or if they do like the topic you know and that's that's fine and obviously it can continue like that I I don't know what you'd think about whether it's a fine line or whether it's a easy line to cross for me there's definitely a a time and place and it comes down to the person as well you know there's not much we haven't said to each other or given to others like (laughs) and in the right environment you know you can say and take comments all day long because you know I know how you say stuff to me you know how I say stuff to you that's fine but if you were to go in and say see a customer and you walked in and there's say a receptionist there, you certainly wouldn't say the things you do, say in our company, to yeah. someone you've only just met 
in that given moment. And I think it's harder for some people to kind of read the room, read the situation, read the person uh, than it is for others. Like I, I like to think, you know, with myself, I'll go in, go cautiously first, get a read of the person and the, and the room, and go from there. Whereas I think some people can be just very brazen and thinking, well, if I don't mean to offend you or hurt you, then I'm not offending or hurting you. Yeah. When in actual fact, that's not as we know the case. No, exactly. And, and like I say, if someone's uh, offended by something that's said, it, it doesn't matter what the subject is of that, whether people think it's a important topic or not. It could be about sexuality or it could be about something so, you know, unimportant to one person, but important to another. It could be about image or, uh, I don't know, a clothing brand. If it offends someone and they have a, a vested interest in whatever topic has offended them, like you say, it's not a, well, that's not my problem. It's, it is a bit of a respecting other people's views because you wouldn't just go in there tarnishing, you know, something about someone else and, and think that it's not going to have an effect, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think whether you're you're giving or you're on the receiving side of, like, comments, the banter, abuse, communication, I feel like it always alleviate the issue like going forwards if someone giving the banter is unsure or if someone receiving the banter isn't enjoying it isn't taking it as banter if there's a conversation to be had there between them I feel like just to sell it mate you're not, you're not that funny like can you just cut it out if they are intentionally just trying to give you banter they will stop at that point if they persist and then you know that's them abuse they're yeah. just purely saying this stuff to verbally abuse you so again like communication like and there's no no one's guiltiness and like everyone can communicate better but certainly if people were to speak more I guess openly and have a conversation it would be a you know as clear as you say now but it would just you know clarify for the people in that moment where that line is yeah so do you think it, that it's easily done then crossing that line for uh, abuse and banter or do you think for yourself like you had managed to keep it at bay or do you think like I say it's easily done but it's easily rectified what, what would you think about that I think it's certainly down to the person. I'm always one to sort of err on the side of caution. I deal with people on a daily basis as part of my job. I can't just go in and talk to a stranger like I talk to you. It, you know, it would it would work, you know, one or two times out of ten. The rest of the time I'd be offending someone, you know, at, or you know, or worse, you know, they're gonna sort of get offended, they're gonna be upset from it, they're gonna report me back to my manager and rightly so, because certain things it's just a time and a place. Like but for me I will get to know somebody, understand their level of banter, understand them as a person more, and then be more comfortable saying things, speaking more openly and not censoring. You know, with ourselves, we'll say things quite to the point. We won't censor our words, we won't mix our words. No. But you know what you say to me is I don't take offensive, and vice versa. I'll say stuff to you, you'll take it all in good spirit, because you know it's coming from a good place. But until you get to know somebody, it can be very hard, and like people, I think... It should be down on the person to take that caution into let's get to know the person first. If we're not sure if they're finding this abusive, don't do it. If you're not sure that they're not actually enjoying what you're saying, taking this banter and laughing, then maybe you should have a conversation and say, is this, is this offensive? Do you find it funny what I'm saying? Or actually, does this go down the sort of line of this is verbal abuse now? Yeah, yeah. especially if you, if you know that line and you continue to, to carry on. Then, oh, then certainly, yeah. you know, you've been you've been made aware, and I think a bit like what you said about knowing each other, we can probably use the analogy of uh, the same phrase being used but in different contexts. Um, I can receive a 
an invoice from yourself for let's say a, a socket outlet and I can ring you as a from a quote or whatever and I can say fucking hell how much is this and you you can look at that and I know that the first thing you'll normally do I mean it's not that funny but first thing you'll normally do is chuckle or yeah. you know explain it but if this was a person coming to your counter you have no idea who the hell it is absolute stranger and you're there giving him a quote how much is this here you go how fucking much is that it completely changes the scenario completely you know and even though swearing is used and the topic is the same asking or wondering why something is expensive the receiving of that is totally different to use that on a like you say stranger to stranger basis is just wrong because you as the receiver will then feel like shit because it's not your problem that it's expensive or not expensive, but now they're almost taking it out on you personally as if you've got like a vendetta to, to overcharge them. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is that is where saying it to one person or to another in a different time, different context can easily be on the different side of that line of abuse and banter. And you've perfectly sort of worded it there in that context if you were to ring me up and say, oh, Chris, your socket, why is it so expensive? i just tell you it's down to my good service. Yeah. And yeah, you'd smile and laugh yeah, and yeah. keep paying well, it. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but anyway, it, I think it can be tough because even where we've talked before about you know abuse and the sort of jokes that fly around, it can be tough. And it's not just construction, but obviously certainly with construction, it is known for a lot of swearing. Fine. I think we're all guilty of that. But, you know, certainly... the. I'm a sort of person, honestly, no no topic or joke is, is off limits for me, you know, and that's fine because of the people I know, I wouldn't just do it to a stranger, but of the topics I know and, and talk about, that's fine. But obviously, with construction, it is known for, you know, yeah, excessive language and things like that. Do you think sometimes then people can forget and it can be like perceived as abuse? So, you know, maybe a, a customer talking to a builder who swears a lot, or do you think even though they swear, body language, um, tone of voice can actually play a big role to know that, you know, he, yeah, he swears a lot, but he's a nice bloke? Yeah, for me personally, uh, this is again my personal take, I don't personally take swearing as an issue. I feel if people are swearing every other word, that's a reflection on them and their lack of vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. They're going with what they know. I, don't, I certainly wouldn't take it offensive, but it is. They say how they use it at the right time. I wouldn't go out and just be swearing all day to somebody like... It's just not who I am as a person. I certainly would. I would swear, you know, a joke to yourself. Like we'd say stuff all the time. But um, again, I think you just read the room, the people who you who you were talking to. I can't imagine even in construction industry. I can't imagine them going to their customers who might spend thousands, millions of pounds, and they're telling them, "Oh, yeah, it's going to be two million pound." Using swear words every other. Yeah, yeah, word certainly. It's more professionality but, that comes yeah. into role with that. Certainly, and even even myself, obviously, I'm. You just don't represent yourself in that manner, you know. Like you say, swearing is is fine and it's a great tool for description purposes and obviously feelings and emotions. But um, as even like you say, like it's vocabulary, it's it's not brilliant and it does show a bit of a. If you're using it every other word, it's not actually beneficial, is it? It's not. Yeah, it, you know, it dilutes the impact it has. Yeah. If it's been used every other word, it's just yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think sidling back to the the topic of you know how things are perceived and the giver um, and receiver of abuse, you know, it's hard because certainly in construction, you you do deal with a lot of old hats. 
You know, you do deal with a lot of old-fashioned views. And even recently, I've been on, you know, a building site where people can claim that people are getting offended. It's the receiver's fault for being too sensitive or too easily offended or not humorous. And would you agree in saying that that viewpoint is probably changing now or do you think it's still quite present? I'd say, I'd say personally, things are certainly changing. I wouldn't say it's at a fast rate of knots, but it's noticeable. How things were to people now probably are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. This wouldn't even be a conversation. Back in their time, when they were our age, you wouldn't be talking about it. There'd be no conversation to be raised. You just sort of have to bury your head and you know ignore the problems that are there. Whereas at least now we can have these conversations, you know, and people will be listening and understanding what we're saying and experiencing things themselves, and we can bring it to the table and have that, again, communication. And I think that's the most important thing to take away is if you can talk about it more, you can help more. When you say, you know, the takeaway from this for people to improve their communication with knowing how people feel, is is that what you'd say as a primary objective for how people can improve you know, their communication skills, you know, what would you say to people who are, you know, accidentally the, you know, the person giving that abuse or causing that offence? Well, certainly for me, if I was ever giving you what I perceived as banter and you weren't receiving it that way, I'd 100% want to know. And if it ever was that case, I'd feel bad in myself that I've said something to you that's then directly put you down as a result. And again, like, yeah, I like to think I can read a situation well and I'd know where to, to wind back when I should. But if I wasn't, I'd certainly want to know, want to hear that I was out of line in what I said. So you can then actually rectify your actions. And that goes back to, again, if I'm, if I'm giving banter and you're taking it as banter, fantastic. If you're not, then it's no longer banter. And I wouldn't want to be giving verbal abuse to someone thinking they're taking it in a light-hearted manner when actually they're going away and it's going to heart and it's really putting them down. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. And tying it in with mental health, as we all know, you know, words have weight and, and they do carry with them um, feelings, you know, and they can make a small comment can make someone feel awful. And I don't think certainly myself, how I was brought up, I don't I don't ever want to be that person that, you know, w- would offend someone where it makes them feel awful going home. And But it's hard dealing with people that happily do do that. You know, there are people out there who love um, being the abuser or you know whether it be verbal or physical that you know some people get a buzz from it and I think obviously that's it's quite sad you know I've you know to spark back a memory really from my own experience it was my um 18th birthday I believe and I was working and just with two other people it was uh, an electrician and a roofer and obviously I was an apprentice and the roofer um they didn't know it was my birthday um, was just giving me nothing but sort of jokes started off as jokes because they were quite tame just progressed and progressed throughout the day then it was just obviously because I was a bit like a carpet it just didn't realize no reaction from me so the jokes increased with more severity of my appearance and any time I thought he was being genuine it was like a trap and I sort of said to my supervisor who was with me I'm can you tell him to stop because it's it's like not do you know what I mean? Like, it's making me feel like shit. Um, sort of said, you know, can you just get him to stop? And to be fair, to his credit, he did sort of say, oh, can you sort of ease up on it? But it didn't. You know, it still continued. Any time it was like, can you give me a hand? Can you get this? Fucking hell, you're slow. Fucking hell, you're fat. And then you sort of think, I don't really get how that's the joke. 
then it would be the false sense of, of uh, security. Yeah. Where he would be like, what do you like doing on weekends? And you think, how weird, that's like 20 minutes of abuse. And then he would just ask this and I'd sort of be like, oh, oh well, I like playing cricket. Fuck off, there's no way you can play cricket that size. And then you're just like, what, what do I bother for? Because I just walked into the trap there and he's just finding this hilarious. And, you know, that was my 18th birthday working on site and it was all just words. But I went home and I just felt like shit. You know, it's like a 40 minute drive home and I think I've probably cried for 20 minutes of it. You know, and I was 18 years old, a male man in the construction industry, and I just felt like I didn't fit in. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, it was good you were able to turn to your, you know, your superior and say to him, have a word. Yeah, do you mind having a word on my behalf? Because mm. I mean, even back then, being eighteen, nineteen as an apprentice, I would struggle to do to do that. Yeah, and like unfortunately, there it was just that guy was just obviously trying to be an idiot, like just put yeah. purely out there to verbally abuse you. So there was like no grey area at all. He just yeah, yeah. And I think again with that, like what what do you do in this scenario? You know, I think it's so hard to to think what do you do yeah. with that. He doesn't work for me. He doesn't work with the company I was with at the time. It's just a stranger. And then you think, well, it's a stranger, like, ignore him. But it just can't be ignored. And, you know, you just think... It's easier said than done. Like, I was, I guess, lucky to the extent I could take it on board. It would hit me a bit. And I'd try and just leave sight. Say, take my mind off it, go to the gym, really try and brush it off. But I was able to do that. That's not the case for everybody. Everybody's got their own situations to deal with. And, like, if I couldn't just leave work and take my mind off it, I can't even think what I'd, you know, done to alleviate the issue. Because... Yeah. You feel a bit trapped. Yeah, like I say, tying it in with that subject with mental health, like I say, it, small comments can really affect your mood, you know. As you know, you know, myself with the whole screw fix, top trace person, obviously brilliant. I was over the moon and still am, but you know that I had the instance of doing an article for The Sun for the energy performance and there are people that don't know me and it was all what I would say was just online abuse or harassment harassment I suppose would be more if they were directly coming to me abuse I mean it was just senseless abuse though it was just some I had probably a handful of people that had managed to find my personal Facebook and were commenting for whatever reason on things I was just deleting them but on the actual article itself it was ridiculous to see that the you know, phrases and words that were used towards me that these people did not know me at all. And, you know, it was an article about how to be more energy efficient and how to save, like, you know, cut bills. And you just... Save their money, essentially, try and help them out. And and I read the article and I read the comments and it's just, it blows my mind that, because the people commenting on there, I'd say the majority would not say any of that to your face. If they're there in front of you... They feel too comfortable behind a screen just typing away. When you've come out with a genuine ideas of what people could do to help their situation, and you've got people on there, I read one where they were saying they've got three or four kids, and it's, okay, fine, it's going to be different for you, but you're, Toby, you're giving your opinion, you haven't got three or four kids, so you can't talk on their behalf, but you can give your own experiences and ideas to help them. So yeah. you're, you're coming from a good place, and they're just throwing it back in. Yeah. I, mean, I did say, you know, the, the the paper itself may have been the issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think um, you're going to get many intelligent readers there anyway, but that's why I'll read it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's where we touch upon, you know, like online abuse. It's quite a, a new thing that's probably only existed for the last sort of 10 years, really. 
um, certainly in our generation where we grew up with um, social media um, and it can obviously be a tool for good but it can really be a tool for harassment and abuse to obviously make a lot of people feel awful there's a lot of companies out there that their faces on social media or their you know their uh, products and they just get senseless abuse and people don't realize typing them words and putting it online not only brandishes you forever and tars you with that sort of needless offense or needless comments but your your name is visible who you are is visible and people this is what goes back to like people are just happy some people are happy in letting others know like their opinions and they don't care about offending people or hurting people but like i say what what would you say about online abuse about the the probably the new rise of it really because like i say it's not something that would have existed sort of 50 years ago yeah unfortunately like um the, the internet the way it is now is a great tool but it can also be used in a very negative light and it's made it easier now for people to be uh, directly abusive to people. You know, it's no, they're not out there to make jokes, have a laugh. They're really there to bring people down for whatever reason their their mind headspace works. That's what they're saying out to do. And um, unfortunately, there's very little in the way of consequences to their actions. You know, you see it now really um, on the news that you might see a celebrity. You know, their tweet or post has been brought up from eight to ten years ago, and is now throwing them under the bus from what they wrote. You know, in another, another time in their life, but the majority of people, you know, the vast majority of people, will never get called out for the comments they make, and never have to sort of um, answer. You know, that's the problem. There's no consequence to the action. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The consequences is the big part that plays a role in that. It's not really governed. I mean, it's changing now. Obviously, that they it can now be used as evidence, and people are getting fines or prosecuted for online abuse but for so long it was unregulated um and you know racist abuse sexual you know comments and things like that were were not you know dealt with and it's good to see that you know these things are changing so yeah i think you know we've covered quite a lot there um i'd like to say you know thank you for appearing and um you know joining me on this and and talking about this subject i think it's a it's quite a good topic and obviously appreciate your time and and coming to chat to me about it no thanks for having me on it's um, a pleasure it's good to know your point of view on things and i like to think i can you know weigh in with some experiences i've had even though not directly suffering from mental health it's really good for me personally just to hear about the experiences you've had and understand another person's point of view on that no exactly and and that is the the total point of this really is to educate everyone and and others that are there and going back to your point about um knowing and having conversations with people um where you think you're having a joke would you say with us you know we've never had that conversation would it would we have that conversation now where you think any jokes that i've given to you would you say you know, you've ever received them in bad light. No, I certainly haven't. I don't think there's much you could say to offend me. It, it'd be interesting where the line is because I don't think you'd ever be able to get to it. It's, well, that's fantastic. So I can say you're useless. So that's you, you can, and I can tell the listeners, you know, it's not your size that makes you bad at cricket. It's your <laughs> hand-eye coordination. So yeah. it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but there was a, one question on a serious note. So I was you know, wanted to ask you, um, how much would you say you'd attribute um, your mental health to the experiences through growing up through school and obviously as an apprentice on site through work? Yeah, I think that is a good question because I do think in your early years, it sort of can come back to haunt you, certainly. I think a lot of people can forget that 
during your development years, certainly late teenage, early young adult, can really define you by the environment you're in? It's a good question because at school, I don't think, you know, it played a real big role. I think I'd I'd suffered minorly with comments and not really bullying, but certainly, you know, self-image comments and at school, you know, that happens and yeah. it is tough. But I sort of grew up and I think my mind grew up that the, the jokes really that were said, it's not actually that sharp, if that makes sense. Whereas an apprentice, I definitely feel like a lot of the attitudes that I have now that I don't like putting up with, i.e. certain types of jokes or abuse or like that, like we've discussed the fine line, certainly shaped me from when I was an apprentice for being a doormat and putting up with, you know, awful behaviour. Sort of made me look out for those signs that someone is crossing that line between having a laugh with me and actually offending me and they're doing it knowingly you know yeah. it it really it really shaped me with my mental health at the time is what sort of brought me down initially certainly working in that industry working in that environment with those people and with the abuse that was sort of flying around I would say that was probably the thing that opened the lid if I'm honest for the mental health it, it opened the bottle and it basically got filled with various other things after that point. I think it was the first time in my life I've ever felt vulnerable. So because of that, it opened that bottle in my head that then over the years got filled up with you know, self-doubt, um, depression, um, low feelings, like bad self-esteem, you know, comments, abuse. And over the years, it was like that initial thing that really, when I look back... You know, it was the it, it started that, but it wasn't the only thing, if that makes sense. And it wasn't the final thing that that ended. I think it just made me realise that there are worse things out there and worse people out there. No, it's interesting to hear because for me, like my experiences, where I'm taking say banter on site growing up, things like that that helped me grow a thicker skin, and it was to me beneficial. But then, obviously, in your experience, it wasn't banter; it was abuse you perceived, and that's the different side of the scales. Is, People might listen to this and think, well, what can you say anymore? But that's not the case. It's not how it should be. Banter's fine. If you want to have banter, throw it back and forth. And, you know, that's benefiting someone. They're laughing. It develops a thick skin. Great. But if someone's coming out straight, like in your experience, and abusing you, saying things just purposely to put you down, that's what shouldn't be getting said. Yeah, and I think, like we said before about having thicker skin, it's, it is that interesting topic with construction that, you don't have to have thick skin to work in the industry and it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be a, a requirement because, you know, it's, it, that's how and why it should change because of their, them views, you know, that the old-fashioned views or members of the construction would think that construction is for for proper men who want a proper job and it's not, is it? It's, it is for anyone, yeah, you know. Because, I mean, when I, being an apprentice, I think if I didn't have the thick skin, I would have quite possibly crumbled yeah. and that's not fair that's not how it should be it should be open to exactly anyone exactly that and that is where I think we are definitely moving in the right direction but there's certainly still ground to be covered Yeah, to get to where it needs to be no I totally agree and I think there's a lot of work to, to be done and, and I think you know if people were to, to take away from this I think certainly your points about um, being honest and open with people in regards to you know their feelings and and the topics we, we speak about it is you know, more than justified to to voice your own opinions and how you feel. And um, 
yeah being honest so you know once again thank you very much for 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 joining me and uh it's been an absolute pleasure so yeah thanks thank again. you very much the chat there that i had with chris on reflection of it it's an interesting look at boosting communication for all parties and understanding each other's background and personal views not everyone has topics that they wish to joke about or talk about and i think it's worth respecting that and understanding that and putting it into practice i think it's easily done to cause offence but it's easily rectified you have to be mindful of others and watchful that constant abuse isn't taking place around you you've got to be watchful of those people in the workplace that are perhaps repeat offenders that people might say that often need educating or bringing up to realise that you can't just carry on just because it's what you want to speak about or joke about it's not what everyone else wants to you know reflecting on my own experiences we're all here to learn and I hope people have changed since when I was younger and when I was an apprentice I'll never get the day of my 18th birthday back and that's absolutely fine it's not a you know life or death matter it's over and done with it's a piece and a part of me we're here to educate those people and not berate them at the end of the day we will win by overcoming and being progressive for ourselves and and helping others we wouldn't really be anything if we couldn't forgive and forget and move on now, the topics that we spoke about in this episode, obviously, again, links will be in the episode description. It's going to be citizens' advice for workplace abuse and bullying and how to deal with that. Also, workplace harassment and legal advice and how to progress those if you are suffering or have dealt with issues like that in the past. Thanks again for joining us for another week and I look forward to next week.